Well, good morning. Um, if you would like to uh, work with me with the digital bulletin, you can do that. I'm going to start this really weird, and you guys are just going to have to deal with it. So back in the day, I was a lunchline rapper. Then I guess I guess it was a punchline rapper. Then I got saved. Sometime after your boy came back as a frontline rapper, when I said the front lines, it's not a front line. I'm out there putting Christ on the front lines. You know, it ain't about rocking stages. Some of my engagements are out of the pavement. I'm out to create disciples who make disciples disciple cycles. That's why I want the beast to knock. So after the music stops, you can meet the rock. I pray that you'll know him well. It's not show and tell. It's more than a show. I'm showing you Emmanuel. I really hope that you're liking the flow, but, you, but it's really so you can know the God I'm writing it for. You guys can clap now. So that was, uh, you know, this is what I used to hang out, you know, listening to uh, the old Lecrae back in the day. Um, I learned that when I was 14, and there's a purpose for me saying that because um, while we're talking about life verses, which is what our series, our current series is, um, it should roll off your tongue if you have a life verse, a life story, something from the Bible. It should roll off your tongue similar to me rapping the, the rap king, Lecrae. Um, honestly, um, and oh, goodness, I, you know what? I'm just going to admit it to you guys. Uh, the first rap that comes to mind when I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say the first thing that pops to my head is Eminem lyrics, like 100%, uh, because not even before I was a Christian, but like even after I was a Christian, I was, you know, still a really good Christian and listened to all the good stuff. And, um, you know, when I was just chilling like a villain at the Holiday Inn, um, I, was, um, I was still learning about Jesus. So, uh, but in those formidable years, I developed something called a life verse. And it's really difficult to figure out what my life verse is because there's so many things that pop in my head. There's stuff about anxiety that I, that I like, I say to myself because like, I'm like, oh, that's what the Bible says. That's what I should believe. And it's hard to believe it sometimes because, but praying and trusting in God is the way to get rid of anxiety, even though, you know, it's hard to say. Um, because it's difficult. It has a hold on me. Um, uh, there's other things inside of the Bible, like, like assurance of my salvation, of like knowing like how I'm saved and what I believe. Like that's important. And I've, I've tied that to my heart that when, when something is squeezed out of me, like when life, it's a really weird way to say that, when life squeezes me, what comes out? And when, when everything else is stripped away, like what verse do I like rest on? What story do I rest on? And, and if you have a life verse, I want to hear about it. Um, don't say it right now because, like, pfft, no. Um, but I want to hear about it. Um, we want to hear about it. We put it on our social media, any of our social media. Like, what has gotten you through life? What have you tied to your heart that you know, like the back of your hand, you know is your life first? Like, this is something that, that I know, that when life squeezes me, this is what comes out. And that's what a life verse is. That's kind of what we mean. Uh, it doesn't have to be something that you, you like, that's the only thing that you, you like, think about inside of the Bible. Because you can't just throw away one part of the Bible because you know this one thing, but something that adds to your faith. And whenever I was a senior in high school, I would drive my soon-to-be, because I got married when I was an infant. Don't do that, teenagers. Um, yeah, but I got married really young, but I would drive my soon-to-be brother-in-law to school every single day, and he was a baby Christian, and Charles, if you're watching this, you were a baby Christian back in the day, and, um, and I remember thinking, 
Okay, for one, I got to press, impress Caitlin because, you know, wifey. And then um, secondly, I, I, I was burdened for this dude that I didn't really know all that well, but I really wanted to be a good influence on if he was going to ride inside of the car with me. So we would we started out doing this one thing called the Lord's Prayer, and we got good at it. Like we could say it in like 10 seconds flat. We would just be like, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil because that is the kingdom of heaven. Sorry, uh, signing, that was probably hectic. Sorry. Um, she did it good. She's all, okay. Um, but, great job. Uh, but we would say it super quick and it became like, like robotic that we would just say it super, super fast. We wouldn't think about the words. One night I was crying, thinking about like the lostness of people. And I was like, but what if my brother-in-law is lost? Like I had these feelings in my heart and I was like, I'm bringing him something completely new tomorrow. So I threw my Bible on the ground like all Christians should do. And I stuck my finger down and I was like, that's the verse. And that is the verse that I was like, that's what I'm going to teach tomorrow. Or I'm going to teach him. We're going to say it every single day. And it ended up being something that I've said every single day since because it started off as just this little tiny thing that I was like, that's kind of a cute verse. That would be easy to learn. And it's turned into like, this is, this is how, where I hang my hat in Christianity. When I was 13, I became a Christian. When I was 13 in one day, I was like, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to lead people to Jesus, don't know how that is, and I'm sure it's going to make me rich. And let me just tell you, yeah, I'm rich in other ways. Like, I get to bring all your food home if you don't eat it at church. Bring, bring that home. Um, lots of hot dogs, uh, if you were here last week. Um, but, um, but we, um, but I, I digress. This verse, this verse that, that I, I hung on to and I still hang on to, it, it, it wrecked my life. And, and when I put my finger down, it went on two verses, and it was Colossians 3, 2, and 3. And I, I'd never heard this verse before. I don't think it had ever been preached to me before. It didn't mean very much to me when I, before, but when I read it, I thought, wow, that is an incredible verse Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And that may not mean very much to you, but it's about to because we're about to see how this hinges your entire salvation. Everything you need to know about God, his nature, and what he wants to do inside of your life is wrapped up inside of this verse. I promise you. So have you ever seen a, or like listen to a preacher, and he's like, all right, open your Bibles. And he's like, therefore, and then he steps away, and he's like, I'm going to tell you what that therefore is there for. And that's really annoying, right? We're about to do that. So, so that set, your mind's a set, is, is different from just like a set and forget kind of thing. Colossians 3, 1, the verse right before it, says this, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. We're going to go back to that in a second. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right 
hand. That set your sights on realities of heaven. If most of you guys will look inside of your Bibles, it doesn't say set your sights. It says seek. And when you think about that, you're like, okay, seek. The next verse that says set your mind, Colossians 3, 2, says set your mind on things above, not on earth things. It starts with saying that same set, which is actually seek. It is not a set and forget. It is a seek. It is a follow through. It is a like go through anything to find. Like really seek it. Look for it. Don't just be like me when I go to look for the ketchup in the fridge. I'm like, I don't see it kind of thing. No, like seek for it. You know it's there. It's been there for eight months and it's had the exact same amount of ketchup in it. Okay, seek. Look for it. Don't, don't. Be lazy in your pursuit of it. Move. Do something. And that's the vibe we're getting. So when we start this verse off, it's not a set your clocks, you'll be fine. It's every single day, no matter what you do, no matter what scenario scenario you're in, seek. Set your minds on things above. And what's above? We saw it inside of the verse before. It is Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. Right? That's what's above. The things that are above is heaven, is God, is Jesus. And he's not just Jesus sitting by himself off inside of a corner. He's at the right hand of God. You know why he's at the right hand of God? Because you need him at the right hand of God. And if he wasn't sitting at the right hand of God, that you would not be able to be saved at all. Do you know that? That's why the verbiage is, is this way. Um, uh, go with me to Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. It says this. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Old Testament. And now in these final days, New Testament and till today. He doesn't say that. I'm adding that. But he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. It continues with the Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. This is when it gets real nitty-gritty good. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Why did he do that? Because he has this mighty power, the character of God, God's own glory radiates from him. He is God. And he came to earth as a person to redeem us, to bring us back. So that when he gets back to heaven, that he doesn't stand before the father and he says, let me just like try to convince you. But he's able to say, I'm going to sit next to the father. That one day when you are judged, when you are standing before God yourself, that he looks at you and Jesus says, oh no, he's ours. Or no, no, she's ours. That's your your daughter, God. That's your son. And why is he able to say that? Because of himself. Jesus says, he he has lived this perfect life, defeated death, defeated sin. So when we look to heaven, when we set our sights, or set our minds on things above, not on earthly things, when we set our minds on things above, it is Jesus. 
And it's not like skimpy little like, like, eh, Jesus, feel good. Jesus loves you. Let me put it on a bracelet. Not that. It is a powerful, powerful God. See, that's, that is the God we're talking about when we say set your minds on things above. And if you're setting your mind on things above, what are you not setting your minds on? Well, the worldly things, right? It says it right there, not on earthly things. And what are the earthly things? Well, it's all sin that corrodes our hearts. It's every bad thing that we do that sends us to prison. It is every sin. It's every sexual immorality or sexual impurity. It's, it's everything that separates us from God. And, and the earthly things extend even farther. It, it, it extends into success. That we say, you know what, this world, all I want to do is be successful. God says, all you want to do is be successful? What about me? What about the God of the universe? What about the reason you're alive? What about the source of your salvation? That's the only thing you want to do is be successful? Another thing, I talk to a lot of parents about video games and adults as well. But like video games or social media or any Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, HBO Max, stepping on my own toes, all of it. That set, I'm not saying you don't watch it. I'm saying, well, some of you, you probably shouldn't watch. But, but, but the things that set us on this path where we're setting our minds on things that are on this earth. Where all we live for is to, to get the dopamine hit from a video game or a TV show or a relationship. Our minds inside of that situation, they are not on above. No. They're not set on above. We're not seeking the things that are above. We are seeking the things that are on earth. And the Bible, super clear right here, is like, set minds on... Have you ever seen The Office? Probably shouldn't watch that either. But actually you should, because it's amazing. But there's this episode where Kevin is like, why well, say little word when... Or big sentence when little word do the trick or whatever. Anyway, basically... Set sights on above, not on earth. I, I just, that's it. But it doesn't stop there. Because there's power in the reason why we're even talking about this. So we can, we can set our minds on above and still be lost. We can not look at the things on this earth and still be lost. We, can, have, we can, can go through this life saying, I'm going to look to the sky, and I'm not going to look down, and we can deceive ourselves in thinking that we are holy and righteous and saved and good with God, but we are not. It is in the next verse that we get the nitty-gritty, which is this, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Here's the deal. You're dead. Well, most of you are dead. Dead. Dead, dead, dead as a doornail, dead. Smelly, ugly, not ugly, sorry. Smelly, dead. What do I mean by that? You're dead spiritually. You're not dead in the flesh. You're not dead here on earth. You are dead to yourself. You are dead 
because you've given your life to Jesus. Colossians 2.12 says this. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Now, some of you guys were here last week and you saw people get baptized, which was fantastic. Both services, it was fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. But the words, and the words aren't special, but the words that were spoken were buried in Christ's likeness, raised to walk in the newness of life. Well, that comes from this verse, that you are buried with Christ and his likeness, that he died and, he was, and we are raised again to new life. That we are saying we have died to sin, but the baptism, that doesn't, that doesn't change anything. It is what happens in your heart and with your mind that you say, I'm setting my mind on you, God, and I'm asking you, God, to forgive me of the wrong things I've done. The worldly things, the earthly things that I have set my mind on, I am now setting aside and I am now seeking you, God. When that happens, you are saved. You are redeemed. It's whatever you want to call it. But your life has changed and you are now dead. Dead to this world. Dead to yourself and your own unrighteousness. And you are alive with Christ. That you have been set free from your sin. That when, when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin any longer. He sees his son. And where is his son at? Right beside him. That's why that's important. That's why we're supposed to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you have died the understanding that you are gone. It doesn't matter what happens the rest of your life. Now, here's the next point. You might not be dead. You may just be alive, alive and kicking, and that's fine because we're all kind of alive and kicking looking right now, right? But on our hearts, we are so far from God. And when God looks at us, he sees us dead in our sin, right? He, he, he doesn't see us as redeemed. He doesn't see us as a son or daughter. He doesn't see us as changed, set apart, holy, which even though we're not. He sees us dead in our sin. He sees us far from him. The, the most simple illustration I've ever seen of, of God and what it's like for him is if you take a pure bottle of water, open it up, and put one drop of toilet water in it, it is no longer pure, right? And every time I say that to junior high kids, this junior high boy will be like, well, I drink it. Well, you're disgusting. <laughs> and that's, that's just the, the fact of it, is that we are disgusting. We drink our own, okay? Our own sin. The things that have set us away from God. The things that, are, that separate us constantly from God. We drink that crap. Sorry. We drink it. Why? Because we are sinful. We, we have taken God and we've said, we are going to add the world to it. And that is not God, right? God, God, God is separated from impurity. So, so just a, a silly illustration of, of water and, and toilet water, but the reality is that 
is that God cannot be around what is not pure. So he has to look at us as pure. Jesus is the only way that he looks at us as pure. So we must get our lives right. And some of you are not right. You don't have a relationship with God. You fooled yourself. You fooled your family. You fooled everybody. But you do not have a relationship with God. You live in your sin with the knowledge of knowing it is wrong. But it feels right. Or it just is what it is. It's just like that's just the situation. I'm going to lust. I'm going to lie. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to put success over God. I'm going to put my family over God, which is a really difficult thing for me. Honestly, it, it is. Uh, just, just like I, I'm, me and my family, just being transparent here, we, we are smack dab in the most American and worldly thing you can possibly do, which is buy a house. And it costs a lot of money. And there, there are, there's times where I'm like, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna happen. I, I'm, I'm never gonna find a house. I'm never gonna, and it seems it's so small in comparison to things. And, and I, I'm. Thank the Lord I'm married to who I'm married to. She can always pull me out of that and be, and be like, it doesn't matter. We're, God's always taking care of us. We'll be fine. It's difficult though. And, and being smack dab in the middle of something that so doesn't matter. It's distracting. Because sometimes me and you both, we set our minds on the things of this earth. We don't live like that we are set apart. We don't live like we have set our minds on things above. We don't live for Jesus at all. We live for ourselves. Our own greedy hands. Our own gluttony. And we get stuck in that. And some of you have never given your life to Jesus. You've never been set free from that. So this is just how you've lived your entire life. And some of you love Jesus so much. You are a child of God, but you don't have a very strong relationship with him because you set your mind on things above or set your mind on things of this earth, not on above. So you can do that. You can set your mind on, like it's easy. It's not it's easy to do, it's hard to carry out, and you'll be spending the rest of your life trying to do it, but you can give your life to Jesus. You can live set apart from this world. And it'll be the hardest thing you ever do because you'll continue to have to what? Seek. It's not a set and forget. It is a seeking God. And it's not getting saved again and again and again and again. That's hogwash. That's hogwash completely. Um, when the first church that I ever went to um, were like formidable or whatever in my life, um, they, the, the verbiage was, if you do something wrong that is sinful, you will lose your salvation. But don't worry about it. You can just give your life to Jesus again. So every Wednesday and every Sunday that I went to church, I would be like, well, looks like I'm giving my life to Jesus again. That's exhausting. But this verse lets us know that when we set our minds on things above, we have died that we, that Jesus looks at has died in the last thing, which is the most important thing of this entire verse, is this last piece right here. Your life is hidden with 
Christ in God. Oh, now you are hidden with Christ. You're hidden. Hidden. You don't hold your salvation. When you gave your life to Jesus, you gave it to him. He took your life and he never gave you anything back. Did you know that? Why? Because you would ruin it. You would crumple it. When I was like 14, I got my first wallet and my mom was like, you need something important. So she gave me my social security card. And holding my social security card was the first thing you think I did. I went, thanks, mom. Put it in my pocket. Got crumpled. Later on, it was so like torn and tattered ever, I taped it. By the way, that's illegal. How are they going to find out? They'll always find out. <laughs> and I went for a job interview. And they were like, hey, we need your social security card. I was like, I got it in my wallet. And I gave it to them. And they were like, we can't scan this because it's taped up. I was like, well, it was broken. It's because a 14-year-old shouldn't have a social security card. Okay? Or they should. They definitely should. But um, they shouldn't be holding that social security card. Because they'll crumple it up. They'll tear it. But you know what? Years later, I got my birth certificate that was in this perfect box that had probably been touched just a few times in my life from my mom. And it was beautiful. It was, it was wonderful. And I was married at the time. And it went straight from my mom's hand to my wife's hand. And it is still beautiful. It is pristine. Okay, why? Because the person who's handling the things are going to take care of them. And you look at my social security card, which is now brand new, um, because, you know, you can't tape it up. You remember that? And, um, and it's still crumpled because I, I grab it the most. And my grimy little hands mess it up. But you see the difference between my social security card and my birth certificate. One well-maintained, hidden. The other one held in my own hand. I will always crumple the thing in my own hand. I'll ruin it. But with our salvation, we don't hold it. He holds it. Jesus holds it. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you have died, and now you are hidden with Christ in God. It's, it's like one of those, I'm going to say it like, nesting dolls? Is it Russian nesting dolls? Okay, perfect. Thank you. Didn't want to say German because I don't know. Um, this felt weird. Um, but those nesting dolls that like you got a thing and it goes inside a thing, goes in a bigger thing and a bigger thing. That is how our salvation is. It's hidden in Christ in God. And that's the one thing that we can set and forget. We have salvation. We live our lives. But the thing that we cannot do is to take our salvation, the thing that sets us apart from the world, the thing that allows us to be with God eternally, set it aside and live a completely different life. We can't do that. That's the seeking. Getting our hearts and our minds right with God constantly, daily. Where we say, God, you take it. God, I love you. God, I can't handle this on my own. God, you know what's best. God, you do what's best. And we just lay it in front of him.
He takes those things and he makes them into something beautiful. And I'm not saying you'll be rich. I'm not saying that you'll never have problems, but you'll be at peace. That's what God gives us, the peace that surpasses all understanding, right? So here's the two things. One, you answer these questions. Have you died to your sin, died to your success, died to your own rationale, died to all the things inside of your world? Have you ever given your life to Jesus? That's what all those, this is all just a thesaurus of, of conversation. Have you given your life to God to hold? And if you haven't, this would be a great day to do it. Secondly is this. Have you considered that you do not set your sights on things above? You don't set your mind on things above. You don't look above. But you need to repent of setting your mind on the things that are worldly. Those are the two things. And down here would be a great place to come pray. Pray with your friends. Pray with your family. Dads, come pray with your whatever. But get your heart right with God because God has amazing, an amazing future for you. God is working in and through your life to accomplish his will. When you're looking up at him, you'll understand and you'll be able to look back at the world and say, okay, I've got a plan for this. I've got a battle plan. I've, I've got an idea. I've, I've got assurance that like God's not going to lead me in the wrong direction. When you're looking at the, at the world, you don't know what God wants. You're just out here hanging out willy-nilly. I don't know. Just doing your own thing. You will always get in trouble with your own thing. I promise you. So let's pray. If you need to get your life right, if you need to pray and, and ask him to forgive you of your sins, maybe give your life to him for the very first time, I'll be down there. You can come talk to me. Or this is open to come and pray and just repent. Or pray for someone else. But this will be open for you to pray at. Let's pray. God, you're gracious and good. And I pray that you will continue to mold us and shape us into being men and women after your own heart. I pray that you will help us to accomplish your will. And that we will set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. God, help us to understand that we have died to our sin, died to ourselves, and we are hidden with you, God. Thank you, thank you for all you've given us and all you continue to give to us. We always give you glory, we always give you praise, forever and always, amen. Amen. Central, let's stand together and let's respond this morning to what God is doing, what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about in your heart. Don't wait. As we sing, respond. To bear it alone 
I'm so glad that you made it to church this morning. And my prayer is that whatever God is doing in your heart today, that you won't leave without just stepping out in faith and, and, and acting on that and talking to somebody about what God is doing. Our connection room is gonna be open when we dismiss in just a moment. And you know what, just like somebody did last week, they walked over there as everybody left and they went and got their kids and all this stuff. They went, they found somebody and they gave their life to Jesus and we're gonna be baptizing them soon. And that could be you and that could be your story today. If you haven't yet died to yourself and you say, you know what, I need to nail it down and give everything, every part of my life to Jesus. Man, do that today. And if you know what, maybe you're just under pressure of like, we gotta get to our Father's Day thing. We give you an option to respond as well easily. You can text us. All you have to do is text the word forgiven to 94,000. That will go straight to the ministers and we'll be able to reconnect with you and just follow up and, and see what God's doing in your spiritual life. But you know what? It's gonna be a great week. God's got some awesome stuff in store for us as a church. And I'm just excited to be a part of it and see what he does. So let's say our purpose statement together as we dismiss Central Baptist Church. We exist to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. Y'all have an awesome week. See you.